1: Texas's 2011 voter ID law is one of the nation's strictest. It's bounced up and down the U.S. court system for years in the face of claims that it discriminates against black and Hispanic voters. Now, U.S. District Judge Nella Gonzalez-Ramos has thrown the whole thing out, saying it's the product of intentional racial bias. She also rejected the state's proposed replacement law. And she's left open the possibility she might put Texas back under what's known as preclearance. That would require the state to get federal approval before changing its voting rules. With us to talk about all this is election law expert Nate Persley. He's a professor at Stanford University Law School. Nate, thanks as always for being here. Um, before we get into what Judge Ramos did and what she might do in the future, can you just give us the brief overview of what the original law required?
2: Well, the original law was similar to many other states' voter ID laws, though it was particularly strict in that it required a government-issued photo ID in order to vote and had a particular sort of set of enumerated uh, types of identification that a voter could bring.
0: And so, Nate, why did the judge throw it out?
2: Well, um, as you said before, the uh, case has been going up and down uh, the courts. Uh, Right now, the issue was whether the law was tainted by intentional discrimination and therefore violated both Section 2, of the uh, Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act and the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause and the 15th Amendment's prohibition on racial discrimination in voting. And what she basically said was that you cannot, even if you try to make this a little bit easier of a law to get uh, people to vote, um, if it is, was intentionally designed in order to disenfranchise African-Americans and Latinos, it's still unconstitutional or illegal. Legal.
1: So at earlier stages in the litigation, there was a finding uh, that was upheld on appeal, although uh, perhaps the Supreme Court can still address it. There was a finding that there was a discriminatory effect from the law. So this ruling this week from Judge Ramos was all about purpose, as you were saying. Why does this purpose finding matter if we already have the discriminatory effect finding?
2: So let's also Sort of, uh, realize how extraordinary this is. There, It's very rare that you get uh, state laws these days that are struck down based on discriminatory purpose. Uh, and so this is a major uh, finding that the court has made here. Um, in her original ruling, the first time she had to deal with Um, The the voter ID law. She said that it was um, intentionally discriminatory. It had discriminatory results, which in and of itself would violate Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. It violated the 15th Amendment. It was an unconstitutional poll tax. It's quite clear that this judge had, had real problems with this law as the case has progressed, um, it looked like the real issue was whether you could justify the discriminatory effects of a law without trying to get into the heads of the people who passed the law to see whether they were directly targeting minorities for disenfranchisement. Um, and so that's what I thought the case was, go- how it was, how it was going to be resolved. Um, but what, what she is saying is that, look, even if you have tried to ameliorate the discriminatory effects, sort of made it a little bit less likely that blacks and Latinos are going to be disenfranchised. Nevertheless, you intended to do so. And this law still is tainted by that discriminatory intent and violates Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act and maybe the Constitution.
0: So, Nate, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton called the ruling outrageous and vowed to ask the New Orleans Appeal Court to reinstate the law. What's what's likely to happen at the Fifth Circuit?
2: Well, I should say that they have a chance uh, to win the, the, the state here, because um, one of the things that the state of Texas is going to be saying is that, look, what do we need to do in order to both have a voter ID law and make it constitutional or legal? And, you know, they may say, look, even if you think that there was a problem with the original voter ID law, we keep trying to lessen it uh, and make it a little bit easier for or, or having less of a discriminatory impact. Now, you know, what what The plaintiffs in this case have said, and and the judge, ultimately, is that, look, you cannot get away from the reason that you passed this law to begin with, which was to disenfranchise um, African-Americans and Latinos. Um, And we we end up with sort of this ironic situation where the same law, if it were passed by another jurisdiction, actually could be upheld. But because it isn't tainted by the discriminatory intent that was found in Texas, um, uh, that one would be upheld and the Texas law would be struck down.
1: Nate, I want to ask you about an issue that Judge Ramos hasn't decided yet, which is the prospect that as a remedy for this intentional discrimination, she might put Texas back under what people call a preclearance regime. Uh, Can you explain what that is and and what its significance would be in this case?
2: So until the Supreme Court decided the case uh, Shelby County versus Holder about five, six years ago, which struck down Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act... Uh, most of the South and several other jurisdictions in the U.S. were under uh, the preclearance regime, which meant that any time they passed a law with respect to voting, they had to get permission from either the court in D.C. or the Justice Department to make sure that they weren't uh, putting into place discriminatory laws. Supreme Court struck down that provision uh, of the Voting Rights Act, uh, but it has left or has not had to consider this other provision, Section 3, which is very rarely used. Uh, but in this case, the plaintiffs have asked, and, and the judges hinted she may even go in this direction, to put Texas back under that preclearance regime. So that either all voting laws or some subset of voting laws will be required to get federal permission if they're put under uh, preclearance authority any time that they uh, pass them. So if Texas wanted to pass a new redistricting plan or a a new voter ID law or move polling places, if they're under that Section 3 coverage order, then they're going to have to get permission from the federal government any time that they want to put those laws into effect.
0: Nate, Attorney General Jeff Sessions has reversed the DOJ's course on objections to discriminatory intent of voter ID laws in Texas. So if there was preclearance, let's just say, would it have a major impact under this attorney general and this administration?
2: Well, we'll see. I mean, because the effect of putting a jurisdiction under preclearance is not just to – deal with something like the voter ID law itself, it could also sort of shift the burden of proof in all other voting-related cases that they have to deal with. Uh, Like I said, it could affect redistricting. It depends on how the judge uh, issues the order. Um, But you're right. One of the strange things in this case is that the Department of Justice, when um, Sessions took the helm, did switch positions in the case. And so they were defending the law, whereas they had been on the side of the plaintiffs up until this last uh, set of cases.
1: Well, Nate only about thirty seconds, but one more question for you about uh, the pre-clearance it, it, what are the standards that the judge has to look at how How will she know whether she put should put Texas back uh, under that regime?
2: Well we don't have all that many cases, but in the times when we when this has happened, it really is discretionary upon the judge to decide whether this is the kind of remedy that is necessary in order to prevent voting discrimination going forward. And so looking at the evidence in this case, and, and for that matter, some of the other cases that are, that are going through the system, uh, she can make the determination that they need to be under a preclearance. I'm sorry, we have,
0: to, we have to cut, cut in right now because there is um, a briefing at the White House and uh, Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, is speaking right now.